Hey, it's Cody. And Matt. And thanks for joining us for another episode of The The Coma Coma Cast. Cast. Matt, we're going to be diving into all things involving the LGBT community, including our own lives. And don't forget our cats. We don't want to forget them. The Coma Cast starts now. Podcasting from the Lone Star State in Southern California, you're listening to The Coma Podcast with Cody and Matt. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Comicast. We thank you for joining us here for another episode. We are so glad that uh, you have joined us. We actually uh, are recording this little intro that's going to go into our main topic. Our main topic ends up, we talk about, uh, it starts at schools. Uh, We're talking about schooling and liking and disliking school. Um, And we learned that I didn't really care for school. Uh, I liked certain classes, but overall, I didn't really care to go to school. Like just wasn't my thing. Uh, and we learned that Matt ha- did have like, we were opposites. We were opposites on the liking and enjoying school time. And no, no, we can education. say that was a bit of a monster. And Cody's like, okay, well we need to re-record some stuff. <laughs> but it, it, it do- delved into a conversation ultimately, because then we started talking about religious schools and non-religious school, private schools. Um, and well, how Cody you, went to private religious school and I went yeah. to public school. And there's, so we, we were, that's how we wound up there. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about, you know, like uh, lower income schools maybe are not the best and uh, because money's not put towards them. And they kids that go to those schools don't have the same benefits many times that they have in different districts within the same city. Uh, and then we ultimately started talking about religion, some um, and the religious school and different things like that. It was a, uh, a very good conversation. It's one of those things where like you, we, you've not got to experience it a lot in here this second season, really. And the first season you didn't either because we were talking about facts of crime cases, but um, it's something that me and Matt have talked about before, but I don't think many people there's very few topics that we've had disagree. Not, I wouldn't say disagreements, but right, that there's an actual conversation, like back well, we and have forth. Different, we have different life experiences. Like, like I think one time I asked you, I said, Cody, you know, have you ever been roasted by your family or like challenged in a way that made you literally reevaluate everything that's ever happened in your life? And you were like, no, I'm like, okay, you have a different experience than like 99% of us. <laughs> And so, I mean, I'm sure sometimes I think people hear it like they'll see me kind of just stare at you because I I understand where you're coming from because I grew up with people similar that had similar backgrounds to you. But it's an experience to hear. And I mean, it's wild. Like, and so I think it's really interesting conversation that you get to hear and why. um, Because, I mean, everybody hears my you've probably read my thoughts on Twitter about why I dislike religion in general. And so I think here we kind of talk about how more it's not just like a visceral feeling of because I was I want to say I was not mistreated by my church. Um, Everybody in my church was always kind to me. And when I came out, uh, everybody, well, most people weren't surprised anyway, but um, it wasn't it's not coming from a place of anger. It's coming from a place of just facts. That's it. Like and. That's all. I mean, I I just want to make sure that that's clear. So when you hear it, because Cody and I kind of went down this path. So I think this is probably a pretty accurate conversation that you and I would have off camera. Because I'm relentless. I will challenge you. I want to understand how you think. I'm not trying to beat you into the ground and tell you you're wrong. I'm trying to understand where you're coming from. And if you're not giving me an answer, you're my friend. We're going to answer this. Because 
if it's, we're expressing one side, we should express the other to a point. I'm not going to both sides religion because it's literally used as a weapon. It's, it's used as a, it's weaponized and it's especially weaponized against our community. Um, the only thing I will say on religion and being gay is that when I came out, I was still very much, I've been away from the church for a year or two, but I was still very religious in my head. I didn't share that with people. Very little known fact. But one thing that I got asked a lot was, how did you reconcile being gay and being religious? And I said, I didn't. I said, I think, therefore I am. Literally. I'm real. I am standing here. I'm sitting here. My life experiences are mine. They are mine alone. And they are, they happened. Everything else is just smoke and mirrors. So, and that's not a bad thing. That doesn't mean I, I don't have a dark look on the world. In fact, generally, I find myself to probably be annoyingly positive about most things to the point where Cody's like, can you fucking stop it? Because if I wasn't that way, when Cody's having an anxiety attack, you wouldn't come to me. You know, you wouldn't talk to me when I'm super anxious and stressed and I share it with Cody. You know, we share we share a lot with each other off camera that we don't necessarily talk about on camera. But the only on a superficial level, we talk about our anxieties and when we get depressed and we have our downtimes. We're not saying we're sad about we know we have good lives. I could I think we have great lives. I'm happy with my life. Yeah. And you seem very happy with yours. But anxiety and depression don't understand that. Anxiety and depression do not care if you're the best or the worst person in the world or how charmed your life is. It tells you brain that you suck and that everything sucks. And it takes what? About 30 seconds to go from zero to 150. So even as atheistic, probably I even I would even say sometimes some days I lean more toward agnostic. Um, that's something I very much like explore in my own head. Again, not something I share, but I don't have a bleak outlook on life without religion. I actually think the world and life is very beautiful. Yeah, there's always things we want to be better and hope to be better, and we should never stop wishing and working for those things. But that doesn't mean you don't enjoy everything around you as it is right at this moment, because life is precious, you know, and um, that's and if I wasn't cheerful and bright as much as I could be, you know, Cody wouldn't come to me or we wouldn't be working together because all I would do is trigger your anxiety and depression. Which I think some days I do anyway, because <laughs> like, <laughs> especially on lives. I think I trigger your anxiety on live sometimes where I'm like, you know, Cody, and you're like, Matt, I, I can't edit him out. There's there's no <laughs> going like, back. It is what it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I mean, and just like in this thing that we recorded, you know, it wasn't planned. We actually were going to be talking about crime stuff, but uh we never got to it. And I think we decided that this was a great conversation uh, that you hear between both of us that y'all should be able to uh, get to hear. Um, and so yeah. we'll be uh, playing that coming up next. Uh, we do talk about a little bit of other stuff that happens uh, in our life. Uh, what's going on. There was some exciting things um, with yeah, Matt and David's uh, life. So that we talk, it's like a general podcast. We were starting it as normal and then we went into this topic, but right. we want to let y'all hear that. But uh, that's coming up next. No, we are inching closer to a uh, school start date, which is exciting. Um, my orientation is, so there's a couple things coming up in August that I'm really excited about. So we have my school orientation, August 5th. Uh, David's was a few weeks ago. His was virtual. So David is on an alternate wait list. Um, he was called off the wait list as an alternate. Once you're given an alternate spot, 
you can be called right up to the day before classes start to start in fall. But if you're not given a spot in fall, you're automatically granted a spot in the next start. So if he doesn't start in fall, he'll start for sure in January. We just won't know that until literally August 22nd. If he's not called before then. So, you know, no stress. Mine is August 5th for a different school. So the hope they want us to all be in person, which the coordinator told me it's always chaos because you have a hundred brand new nursing students trying to do everything. You're trying to get your uniforms, trying to get your student ID because you can't attend your clinical site without your student ID. Your student Mm -hmm. ID, even if you're already a student at the school, will no longer work because it has to say nursing student. And you can't have your nursing student ID shifted or updated to that without having at least your scrub top because you have to be wearing the school uniform scrub top for the picture. So she's like, it's chaos, but it's kind of fun (laughs) because you have everybody's excited and you're also trying to get to know each other a little bit because Mm -hmm. all 100 of us are going to work together for for, um, about two years, for four semesters. So there's that coming up and then classes start August 23rd. And then literally like while we're recording this, um, about 10 minutes before David got called and got offered a job which just super exciting (laughs) with 18 months of no job for him. And, you know, I voluntarily left my career. We -hmm. were planning for that. We were not planning for, you know, like, you know, we got hit with a pandemic too. Um, I, we were just very fortunate. We'd done everything we can to avoid everything. We've even gone back to wearing masks. Um, and, uh, and just rolled with it. It's fine. But at some point you're like, Oh God, income, you know, and, we were because we knew I was leaving my job the year before we had planned for me to possibly be off work for years. So we knew things were going to be really tight, but David had a job and we planned my exit. We planned how it was going to work for a while before I left. It was still obviously very uncomfortable because I was kind of, I don't want to say I was a breadwinner because we both contributed. I just at that time made more at my job because my industry at the time paid a lot more. Um, But we worked really hard we bought the house like even we bought our house, we agreed that we both weren't going to be on the house. So whoever made less, that's who was going to be on the house because it would force us to live um, on the lower income because what if something happened to my job? Now, we were yeah. thinking more of we never wanted to feel trapped. So we didn't want to end up choosing, oh, we love this house, but we are stuck in these jobs, in these careers, and we can't ever leave them because we chose this house. So we opted to force our budget to be much lower and worked off of that and ultimately totally saved our asses when this happened. Um, because I don't know what we would have done. Uh, we would, we would not have a home. We would, we would be in so much trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, and to be honest, that's a position we have both felt before in our younger years. And we were desperate when we were setting up our home as it is now that we would not ever be in that position again. So we were really excited to move forward. But when the pandemic hit and then all this happened, it was just like, you know, as many of us have felt that and have suffered greatly, um, you know, we we haven't come out of it unscathed per se. Um, Some sleepless nights, for sure. (laughs) I don't think anybody that's gone through the last five years has had... Everybody's had a few sleepless nights. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. you know, without a pandemic, part of being an adult sometimes is having sleepless nights over things. (laughs) (laughs) It's exciting that this has happened. um, And this has been months and months and months of job searching and me searching for jobs. 
And David and I chose different schools, but my school will not allow me to work a normal five day week. So, but trying to get hired as even like a part time cashier somewhere is just nightmarish. Like, I'm happy to do the work. I am not, I do not consider myself above working in jobs like that if I need to. It's a job, it's okay. Um, But getting somebody to even respond to you, impossible, you know. Um, so I'm happy to do it and contribute. And I still have applications out there trying to fill in. I, I even applied for a job at my own gym to work overnights and they can't be bothered to even like, I actually, it even has a sign. We even have a sign that we've walked by it every day for two months. It says inside we're hiring, ask, ask the front desk person. I actually told you, I was like, Hey, I, um, I saw your sign it says you're hiring. And obviously they know me. I'm in there four nights mm-hmm. a week. And yeah. I've, been, I've been to this gym for four years and they said that um, the guy was like, what did you just say? Like, he was not even hearing a fucking word I said. <laughs> and uh, so I repeated myself and he was like, oh, I don't know. Like, tomorrow, call the manager and ask about the status of your application. I was like, oh, God. And they're like, yeah, we're actually hiring for like a night manager. And, you know, if you're, you know, if you're. I, I was getting the idea of like, basically, are you old enough to do that? Because I'm wearing a hat and like got my mask on and yeah, and I'm not a big guy. And I was like, I can promise you that if I come here as a manager and I see you talk to somebody like that, <laughs> like, I mean, like, um, save the, save the dismissiveness for the rude people. <laughs> like, because now again, I have been at this gym for four years and that is not a pandemic attitude. That, <laughs> absolutely from day one for this for Jim. I've been very fortunate that I've never needed to actually ask them for anything because the uh-huh. only time we have needed, um, David left his keys where we both used to have, we had a Jetta, we had a Honda Civic. So we took the Jetta one day and it was back in the day before the app let you check in with your phone. Um, uh-huh. We each had the little, you know, the little tags on our, that we had on our keychain. So I drove that day. So David had the spare keys with his, you know, tag on it. And uh, he just happened to leave his by a treadmill, left his keys, walked out, and we didn't think about it. Um, I drove, I dro- I usually drive, so I drove us home. And a couple of days later, he's like, I don't know where my keys are, so we're getting ready to go back to the gym. And we're like, oh, he goes, oh my God, I think I left him at the gym. So I just drove us back in the Jetta and um, walked in. And David's like, hi, do you have the keys? It goes to a 2017 Jetta. Um, and it's a Volkswagen. He's describing it looks just like this, holding up my spare keys. And the guy goes, oh, yeah, we do have one set that was turning. He hands it back to him and with David's key tag attached to it. And another employee goes, um, how do you know that's actually his? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, scan the damn tag. David's picture, you know, like, they take your picture. It's yeah. The guy was a huge jerk about it. And then the guy, the, luckily, the guy just handed David his keys and was like, he goes, well, how did you? And the other guy was like, how did you get here? And I'm like, it's our spare key. I drove like we have two. Keys. Like, <laughs> like, he, he fucking apparated. OK, like, yeah, like, you know, okay, wow. that's it was just one of those moments. And this was like four years ago. I'm like. Oh, my God. And that has been my that has generally been my experience with Planet Fitness. When we were in Chambersburg, there was this girl that worked there. David wanted to be her best friend. She so clearly hated everything about her job. Like when she came, she was definitely the person leaned over there looking like leaned literally bent double on the counter, totally ignoring the computer and you. Um, you check in, she wouldn't even look up from her phone. 
and you know just like it's very normal like I, I was like, oh, hi, click, you know, because, you know, you're standing right in front of someone. You're like swiping your uh, little key thing. At the time, it was a little tags, too. And say, hi, it's you. Like, whoa. okay." And then I I mean, she was just always absolutely rude as fuck to everybody that I the couple of times I did have to talk to her. She was so fucking rude to me. David was like, I really want to be her friend. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, i was like david if she was literally a guy you would probably try to ask him on a date like like oh my god so funny. It was, i mean it was really funny we had like a whole dialogue for them and worked out and everything but don't get me wrong i understand i've worked those jobs and i've absolutely been like i don't give up what you have to say please because it has nothing to do with the person walking up so, you know like when you have like a really rude coworker or manager but I actually kind of think she was the villain here, like this particular person. Um, yeah. And yeah, then we had one person that was maybe a little too um, interested in conversing with us to the point where when he was working, I would put my headphones in walking in and he would be working or if he was in and on an off day working out. This guy literally walked over to me like while I'm on a bench press with my headphones in and David's counting reps for me and with his headphones and he's like, you know, using his fingers. This guy like literally stood there until I took my headphones off in mid rep to talk to me. And I'm like, and I don't mind someone being nice to me or conversing. Like I have no problem with that, but I'm, I I am very plainly. And I, I I wouldn't even notice he was there sometimes because he would show up and then like beeline towards me and like would not walk away. There's a couple of times I just ended up leaving the gym because I just couldn't go to another thing without him being almost in between me and the thing that I was trying to do. And I really, I really just think it was just like being you just very friendly. I just, yeah. I'm like, can I finish what I'm doing? And then we talk, like, let me concentrate on this weight that's on my, possibly on my face. You know, then we can talk like, I'm like, please. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> uh, fitness. But you know, most of the time, um, the other staff are usually pretty, chill it just was like i i was just so taken aback like we need help okay well i put in an application and i'm qualified i hit all the qualifications for this this and this and he's like oh i don't know like call tomorrow like no wonder you guys need help <laughs> these guys also though i really like them but like the other ones are really chill because then i they're like we're hiding for overnight I'm like yeah you notice i'm here every night at 1 a.m like i have said hi to you and you've said hi to me for like for like two years for all this time <laughs> but he and this other guy are usually playing their switch like together i mean who gives a shit it's two o'clock in the morning and my have no life ass is here you please play your switch <laughs> like i know I, 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 I mean i know it has to it, you, y'all do it for a fitting schedule and stuff but it still blows my mind that y'all do it so late sometimes i'm like i'm I so old i gotta to sleep work. well I would much prefer, I wish my body did that. I did learn this thing about how ADHD brains are actually were wired. There was like this study about how they fit between more 2 a.m. to 10 a.m. And to be honest, at 1.45, I am tired. Like when we have to go to the gym late, I try. I really try to go between 11 and 12 so that I'm home by one. Like no matter, like I'm home, I'm showered. And because if I can get up at eight or nine, I'm fine. But uh, 2 a.m., I'm tired. Like, ideally for me sleeping from two to 10 is the actual ideal time i will generally fall asleep um but david is not like that he can go to sleep at between nine and eleven um 
And but it was interesting learning that because I was reading the thread of people like after the study was posted or whatever. And there were so many people who were like, that's exactly, you know, I've been like this my whole life. And my mom is this way. My grandfather is this way. Biological like family are this way. My um, other sister that I found and my nieces, same way. I'm like, okay, you feel a little less lonely when you learn like, oh, because, but I'm tired at different times. You know, I, I still get tired. I just get tired at different times than other people. And when I go to sleep, I do sleep eight hours. I think people think because I wake up at noon, they're like, oh, it must be nice to sleep in. Well, I didn't really sleep in. I went to sleep at four. I slept from four to 12, woke up, got up and started my day. Like, what do you think yeah. it's going to be with I'm working overnight in an ER? Do you think I'm going to be up at 8 a.m.? Well, yeah, yeah, you just shifted your uh, your right. awake time and sleep time. Um, David's I'm, I'm going to be going back to David's schedule, though, because it is easier to be on the same schedule. And with Keith being here, um, he gets up early. What I'm hoping is that we were able to align with because Keith wakes up at like four or five because Kenny wakes him up early. So I'm hoping is that we can kind of align to that. We can get up at four and go to the gym at four, four thirty and get that out of the way in the mornings because the mornings we have gotten up and gone early and been awake. It's been great. We actually went to CrossFit a few times at five, six in the morning to try. We It was miserable. I will admit when I woke up to go, I was so mad. I don't think David and I said a damn word between waking up, brushing our teeth, walking downstairs, getting in the car. I don't, I think we, we like what we had the dog at the time. We walked Cammy without a word. The dog was pissed. You know, the dog walked in and like walked back to her pillow and threw herself down, like mad about it. And was like, oh, so real. <laughs> but when we went, and it was done. I, I didn't think I would be able to pick up weights that early. I just didn't think I could do it. But when I got there and I kind of stretched and started moving, by the time I really kind of came to, I had done my whole workout. And I was there. We were there with like one or two other people who had gotten who had done the same thing we did. They gotten in the mornings and gotten used to it. They're like, by the end of it, you're going to feel really good. And I was like, go to hell. But when 615 rolled around and we were getting in the car to go home, I felt really good like i felt i mean it was a rough workout but i was a lot more cooled down i cooled down way faster when i got home i ate breakfast i didn't eat before i left because i just woke up and went but when i got home i felt properly hungry so i ate a real breakfast and i felt really good and then i showered and then started my day and i was like well i mean okay i mean there was something i mean <laughs> yeah. it was nice i wish my body willingly did that like but i've been this way since i was a child my mom struggled waking me up in the mornings um not for school i i loved getting up for school i loved going to school as a kid until, until like high school when i was just like burned out but elementary school i loved it i absolutely loved my school in ohio i didn't like living in ohio but my elementary school, I had very supportive teachers and these kids I went to school with for four or five years. So nobody asked me questions. Nobody looked at me differently. So you get really comfortable like this bubble. And it was a, it's a small town. Um, so I love getting up for school. So I'd be like exhausted, only sleeping a few hours. But, you know, I would wake up like, yeah, let's do this. I dragged my mom out of bed on a Sunday, I think, once thinking it was Monday. And um, she's like, 
it's Sunday. I'm like, no, mom, it's Monday. And she was like, to sleep <laughs> well, she did eventually convince me that it was sunday and i did go back to bed but um like i, I still i only remember that because i went to school and someone goes you didn't come to school yesterday and i think they were joking but like i had like a, i guess a seven-year-old's version of a panic attack because <laughs> i was like <gasps> yeah of course i hated now, school like always yeah i've never liked school oh wow Elementary, um, high school, junior high, college. When oh, gross. I got sent to, I had, we, so my family and I, we moved when I was in Ohio. We, we moved like a couple blocks away and inadvertently put me in a different school district. And my, this is one of the only times I've ever seen my stepdad feel bad for a decision. Like, cause he actually, I did so well at my school. And one thing that was very important in our house was that I got good grades. I don't understand this, but they were very much like, if anything wasn't a good grade, my stepdad was like, well, I don't understand. What aren't you doing? Are you not paying attention in class? It was so weird because he was literally a high school dropout who I swear to God, mm-hmm. can't fucking read or write. And this is not about my education. It was about him looking good, by the way. Let's point this out. But um, he, one of his friends, because we're all from, we all are all, our whole, all our families are from the Lima, Ohio area. One of his friends was on the school board and basically they went to the school board and begged because. I was in the new school for three or four weeks and I was miserable. My mom, I cried every day walking to school and my mom, it got to the point. My mom is literally pulling me out of bed by like my collar, arm and hair. And I wouldn't get up. I wouldn't let her comb my hair for school. I wouldn't get dressed. I mean, I would just not do it. And no amount of punishing, cajoling, nothing. Oh, we'll get you a half meal. Don't care. Like I am, I, I'm a fun person. Like once I've decided, I was like, this isn't good for me. I don't like this. I didn't like my classmates. I didn't like how they did anything. I didn't like the teacher. And I think she tried so hard to make me feel welcome. But when you get put in the middle of a first grade class in the middle of a year, you already don't feel good. And you don't want to make friends. You don't care. And I cried and I cried and I cried. And I think about three or four weeks in, I vaguely remember this, but my parents tell me the story as after about three or four weeks of this, my mom had had enough. Because they kind of thought, oh, he's going to be upset, but he'll adjust. He's a nice kid. Like, he'll make friends. And I wanted nothing to do with it. I was not having it. I was not having it. So they went to the school board and they were like, okay, if you're willing to walk him to school, he can go to the school. So they put me back in the school. And then I cried like every day. (laughs) Like, I was excited, but I I literally cried every day. I was so happy to go back to school. I don't know how long I was actually in the other school. I just remember coming back to the school in first grade, um, like sometime in spring. And um, my te- I gave my te- my teacher gave me like the biggest. I still remember all my elementary school teachers' names because they were were all very very kind people and very mm-hmm. formative. To me. And it was just like, oh god. <laughs> when I look back, I'm like, man, that's stubborn. Because in other ways, I am like, oh yeah, that's fine. Like I'm super chill about 99 percent of things, but certain things I'm not. And Everybody has their boundaries, I think. Like, everybody has those things that absolutely not. Like, that's your limit. Like, when it comes to my education, I have been this way since I was old enough to remember. Like, when I learned that education and words were how to move through the world, it doesn't mean everybody needs to get a PhD. I think education comes in a lot of forms. But the older I got, the more open I became to different types of education because I'm not good at school. It does not come easy to me reading 
only did because I needed it for speech. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I learned how to move through the world in my own way. And I realized that's okay. That's why I'm so encouraging to people about like, it's like why I didn't, wasn't like Cody, of course you're going to read my book because you're my friend. No, you don't have to read my book. And then part of being your friend is understanding that that's not the way you like to live and learn. So it's me respecting that and just encouraging you to learn however you like to learn, you know? And then we were like, no, of course I bought it and read it. And I'm like, oh, yay. But would you have been less inclined to want to do it if I'd been like, oh, Cody, why wouldn't you read it? I'm your friend and co-host, you know? Wouldn't have made you feel like, ugh, bitch. See, I would have been like, uh, girl, you're going to read my book. I'm going to send it to you. <laughs> we're going to have a book. Or I'll have like, we're we're going to sit and you're going to sit and read it to me. I'll have a digital copy, though, that I have built in my own app. So I'll know that you read each page and it'll have a timer. So you can't just go through the pages like you would know. I would know. Um, have you told Justin that you're actually insane? Does he actually know? <laughs> I mean, am I? <laughs> um, That's a really strong set of words to use. <laughs> but really, well, don't you think that? I mean, I do think that. I think education, in a lot of ways, has become well. It always has been, but it's become even more so, like unreachable. And when, like, I don't know what your teachers were like. And I know you went to private school. I went to public school all through. My entire education has been through public school until I went to college. When I went to private school in college, because I, some things I had to just do, I needed the damn classes. Um, and if I had to do it again, I wouldn't do private school again. Um, I would put my kids, I would only consider putting my kids through private school if they, it was a non-religious school. And only because m nearly every person I know that went through a religious private school they have some, there's some really, they either had to go through some like deconstruction because, you know, private schools operate differently than public schools in some ways. In some ways, it's identical. Like you sit in class, you do your assignments, you do your homework, blah, 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 blah. But there's the restrictions on you, or at least all the different schools my friends attended. There's different restrictions on them and a mentality that comes with it at home that, I don't think they realized how restricted they were until they kind of entered the real world, you know, in their 20s and were like, oh, you know, that's not how this works. Or, uh, no, that's been debunked for like 400 years, you know, things like that. And then realized they couldn't stand up to questioning. They couldn't handle a challenge. If you come at me with something, I mean, I have no problem telling you, no, Cody, I don't think that's right. This is what I learned. But if you tell me, no, it is because of this, I wouldn't freak out at you. I would say, oh, my God, send me the article because I need to understand my job. I feel like when I come across something that I don't understand is to understand how you got there. So I would say, can you send me the thing that you read so I can understand your point of view? Because it might be just be something I totally fucking missed or I know it by another name. Um, but I, I strongly believe religion should be taught. But I think it should be taught more in a theoretical level. We should be teaching all religions in the same way we teach Greek and Roman mythology. Because, you know, teaching, we know that burning in hell is really like, we use it more in fun. But when you tell an eight-year-old they're going to burn in hell, you know, it just, 
<laughs> you know, it, it creates something totally different. And um, I would definitely avoid, I, I know that for my own kids, that's what I, that's the path I would take, but I still would teach them about it because it's important to understand the different perspectives. You can choose not to agree with it later, but it's inappropriate to say, I don't like that or be derogatory or disrespectful when you don't actually know anything about the education behind it, you know, yeah. like, and I think that's important. Like I am straight up disrespectful about religion. There's no secret about that. I'm a, I'm a staff child of a church. You know, I lived that life for 10 years and my grandparents didn't put me there. I put me there and they got jobs later because I attended that church. Um, so it's a different perspective. It would be different. Somebody saying, well, I have no respect for this culture or religion without ever having read a book about it or talked to somebody yeah. about it or, you know, and I, I think that, you know, it's an education is already so inaccessible in our country and so many underserved communities don't get updated books. Like the fact that it's a question is, okay, so it's this, the school's in an area that maybe is not as wealthy. So I'm in Bear County, Texas. Every school in Bear County should have the same goddamn books. Why don't they? Like, why is that not standard? You know, and that's something that's something I would champion as, you know, like when I tell myself that if we ever blew up a bit or got to, you know, come into some kind of windfall from this is that education is the most important thing. However, whatever form that education takes, it would, I would happily reinvest in my own community. I quietly, I don't really want my face out there. Like, and I think coming from me, no matter what my intentions were, I think it would come across like white savior complex. And that's not what I'm trying to do. I would just be like, what needs donated where to make sure this school has updated books or can take the same field trips that these other kids can, you know, because taking 400 kids to a museum at the same time, That'll teach anybody anything. How are you going to learn? You got 400 kids and two chaperones. I will you know? say that's the only part of school that I did like was field trips. Field trips. <laughs> we did. We ours were being phased out. Even when I was in high school, we got to take very few of them. Um, and one of the things I think a lot of kids are in their classes is bored. They're not really challenged. They're not. They're doing busy work assignments, not constructive application like here in texas the, the outrage over critical race theory um was like a red herring do you know what they just dropped they just dropped the requirement to teach about civil rights are you kidding me here in texas i swear to god like texas is gonna texas and when i hear them say we're gonna secede and people are like let them it's like well yes lots of blue people here the vast majority of us here that live in the populated areas that actually make the state fucking run um, are fairly blue, um, are very blue actually. And the rest are people that are just like, Oh, the border, the, them illegals. I'm like, yeah, you know, none of us have papers either. Right. But there's also people that still don't know that fair skinned people were considered slaves as well. White people are fair skinned people and other people other than black and brown people were brought over as slaves as well. But when they escaped or whatever, they were able to blend in more easily. Like, other races were and ethnicities were brought into slavery, but they got out of it a lot faster and a lot easier, yeah. you know? Um, so it, it's just wild. And I mean, there's major gaps in my own education. And when I find them, I'm like, I try to go 
learn something about it. But when you try to make it, well, it's just straight up amazing to me, like that, uh, like we try to standardize education, but like my sister is super against public education. And I'm like, but you had a gay liberal atheist teaching your daughter algebra for a year and a half. For well, a year. Like, and she was like, that's because you care about education. I'm like, I went to a top 100 high school that stomped every school into the ground, like yeah. academically. I'm yeah, like, I mean, I think obviously money needs to be put towards schools uh, because, you know, there are teachers that do care, but the way that schools are set up these days, it's hard for them to to yeah, the, to provide equal education know, for uh, everybody. Yeah. And the teachers don't have the same power in their classroom to teach. They can get called out. And I mean, I understand, like, yes, lesson plans should be looked at. And some teachers are straight up bullies. There are teachers that literally have grown to hate their jobs. They hate their kids. And you know what? Anybody that spent time around 12 year olds, I could understand that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I feel I like mean, if I, if I had kids, um, I would probably, uh, I would probably send them to a private school if that was an option financially, because it's very expensive. Um, but it would be for uh, a smaller classroom sizes. Now, right. obviously that's something, uh, that not everyone has the option to do. And I realize that, um, but that's also why people need to work and fight and call their people that represent them to put more money towards education and make things better in all schools. A lot of uh, low income schools are not the greatest because money doesn't go there. It gets put towards right. other schools and kids don't have the same options that they may have in another district within it, their own city. To me, they should be able to all have that. Like I said, I would only put my kids in a private school that was not religious affiliated because I think religion as a backbone is detrimental to pretty much every society. I mean, that's literally when you look at um, mo how most wars have been fought. Like, I just want to point out to people, the Confederacy also prayed to God, you know, just want to point that out. You know, they took every one of their wins as a sign from Jesus. All of them. They're very. Yeah, yeah that. They did too, and so did the North, and so did every other society that when they prayed to their gods, you know, whatever form it took, all three or four thousand different deities that, you know, belief systems that roam our world, like, murdering each other over it, like, whatever practice in your own home, that's fine, but as far as, I think education should be standard, if you want to teach the religion, teach it at your home, but putting it in a educational institution that stands up to the same education as everyone else because you have people not teaching like how science works because in their mind they don't believe science that you should receive medical care it should be in the hands of god that's very interesting yeah yeah you know, i mean like, i i was i like i grew up and i went to a religious I, I went to a religious school and i think that's if you do put your child in a religious school uh private school it you know it's it's good to look at the curriculum that is taught uh and so like we weren't taught any of that way and you know i think many of my friends who have a religious faith background uh most of us uh you know we were taught something and then we were we also looked and researched other religions and i think if you do want to if you do personally have a faith background or religious background and want to have that it's important to look at other religions and don't be dismissive dismissive of them um 
and just to research that and to have knowledge of things, I think that's good overall for anything in education. Um, if if you, you if you want to, to have that, when you talk to people that have grown up in private school, they, there's a it like literally screen. It's literally you might as well wear a neon sign, like like when you're like I went to private school. I'm like Cody, I know, babe, <laughs> with love, but I know, like because you had small class sizes and everything and you have a total disdain for reading books, education. And in that sense, like you, and it's very plain that you don't like any of it because why you had every opportunity. I didn't. And I'm the one that's like, Oh yeah. Education. Because for me, my education was a way out of the trailer park called a sack for you. That's you didn't care. You didn't need that. You already had that opportunity to not live that life. And so it, it's very frustrating because we're not all like we're we're all born equal, like we're all born naked, and that's where the equality stops. Like that's yeah. Like <laughs> like I'm so I'm only so against religious based schools because their religion is the one funding the school, you know. Um, and that's my problem. It's the people in charge that they're teaching their religion as fact, and it's not. It's demonstrably not. And that's my problem. We have to teach it to kids. And then they grow up and go, oh, I don't think that's actually real. Like, oh, my God. And then we send them through trauma of deconstruction. You were lucky being a gay man that you weren't like getting castrated or sent to conversion camp or some other terrible thing because your family, you know, obviously loves you. And we're like, oh, Cody, we love you as Cody, blah, blah, blah. You're just gay, whatever, you know. But that's not the case that comes through a lot of people that go well through public or private school, but even more so in religious schools, because, you know, how many teachers are fired because they had a baby out of wedlock Ooh. or they turn out to be a homosexual, you know, faithfully LGBT, faithfully just got thrown out of your fucking job that you've been at for 15 years and that you're really good at. They don't care. That's that's my issue. When you teach it as fact and you pull random things that you want to call family values those are the things that are instilled in the kids and it becomes passive that's where the passive judgment comes from you don't even know where it's coming from it's just like you're doing something you're like ew wait why did i think that you know those old prejudices and old um well or racism you know like what's ingrained into you that you learn from your school is like oh wait hold on you know like when the night Trump got to be president, like when it was announced and the next day schools erupted with kids walking through their high schools, chanting, build the wall. I mean, we learned really quick who was learning what at home, you know? <clears throat> yeah. Unless you're Stephen Miller, whose entire family was like, uh, we don't know what the fuck's wrong with him. Half fucking gremlin. <laughs> like, wow. But, you know. But it's just always my issue. It's like when you teach things as fact, you know what? Leave it to science where it's always being questioned. You know, it's always being questioned. You know, peer reviews. We want peer review, you know. And I, I usually see that as like a pushback from faith-based educational institutions. Like, well, science isn't exact. It's always can change and be questioned. Exactly. You can question it. Generally, when you question faith, you get labeled a heretic and tossed. Or you're a non-believer. Or, you know, my favorite is the born again Christians. Those are fucking exhausting. I'm really sorry that you can't take accountability for the things you've done in your life and that you need to just like brush it off, you know, and that you're taking accountability is laying it on the altar. I get really exhausted with that because I know all the rituals. I know all the stories, you know, 
people yeah. assume that atheists just have a disdain for religion because we don't agree with it. No, most of us have lived it. Most of us have studied it. Most of us have been through the entire process and went, wow, okay. You know, there's just, it's a horror show. Like, and some people just don't suffer the same abuse that others do. So some people are able to kind of walk away from it, like you said, and go, no, I looked at other things and went, mm, I have my own thoughts on this. But yeah, I mean, I think, I, I, I mean, that. that's not I think, common. <laughs> I think for me, um, I was pretty lucky. I mean, most of the people that I went to school with and I like I've been able to see like on Facebook as they they've grown up and they've gone off and whatever. Um, it seems that most of us hold still to some of our religious beliefs, but at the same time have a different perspective maybe than other people uh, that maybe have gone to other religious schools. I think that's, that is a point for me would be they can be different if you're going to have a, a religious school. And so in my instance, it was many of us still have a religious faith, but we see other things. We believe in science. Uh, you know, many of us uh, constantly speak out about the different things that have been going on in the, the social uh, dynamics of America. Um, and so I think you can have a combination uh, of that um, in that. But if you were to, again, like if I was going to send my kids to a school, I would have to look at the, the specific right. things so you don't that are want to being taught. Send your kids to like an extremist school. It's like, oh, they're top rated. And then later you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> my issue with that uh, standing issue with like what you just said is I'm all about re reviewing, reviewing, because obviously, if you just blindly send your kid off or, you know, blindly walk off to something, sometimes you find yourself way farther down a path that maybe you didn't necessarily want to walk. You're like, oh, everything's fine. And then like, you're like, wait, 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 these are not the values that I feel are me. What am I doing? But my issue is how many people when you actually if you actually talk to them and have a substantial conversation, you'll find and I found this many times and all the years I've studied psychology and investigated people is that they almost believe it as a backup. It's like a safety blanket. It's not really, they can't actually explain anything. They can't actually talk about it. They can, they can tell you the stories. They can tell you the verses. They can tell you, you know, this or this or this. But when you actually point out the history of where it started and where everything came from, they're like, I didn't know that. You know, and it's like, they believe it the tenet that usually comes out of that is, well, if you're wrong, you'll go to hell. If I'm wrong, I'll never know. Typically, when something needs adoration, to we would study it. Like in our world, for example, Trump literally thrives. His administration literally thrived on what? The conflict, right? And it thrived on the conflict and the attention because, you know, as you know, being a producer, sometimes all publicity is good publicity. And what did that do for the last five years? It made him one of the most well-known, is literally globally, he's like the most well-known person ever. Love him or hate him, it does not matter. His name is there. And that is what he thrives on. Now, how do we evaluate that? We would normally say, like, holy shit, this guy is a psychopath. He, he literally is like fucking Tinkerbell. If you need attention to survive and thrive, you're not really, that doesn't make you a leader. That doesn't make you anything you're literally the king of nothing. You're just a name, a popular name, but that's what it takes to survive. And that is generally our religion, 
Like we're not, I mean, and most people don't know that you know, the United States is not a Christian nation. We have no, we have no official religion and we have no formal language here. And that really fries people, but that's what we are. That's kind of like our whole shtick here. Right. Um, most people don't, to me, the whole idea of believing in something just because you're, well, if I'm wrong, I'll never know. That's a really wild reason to um, waste your time because everything is ritualistic. You know, we have these rituals that we do for for every religion, right? And it's considered sacred, this or this or this. And it's interesting that there is a geological record of all these things before religion was ever brought in. And to me, that is like concrete. Like, okay, so we have an actual time before we evolved into what we are. And to me, I was like, oh, well. But then the next argument I hear is, well, we have had all these times to build up something. Wouldn't you think? And I'm like, wouldn't you think that if it was real in the sense that you think it's real, uh, the world would just be straight white people? You know, like. Um, an example, another example I use is, oh, Matt, but God's plan for you was that you would have all these surgeries. And yes, you've had this, this strife in your life and how you were born and what you became, but look where you are now. You're doing so well. I was like, yes, to the miracles of modern science. And so in behind that is my mother who is mentally damaged. And what is her plan to leave her there for 45, 65 years of just being mistreated by the guy who can't understand her because she's mentally like 15 years old. You know, like there yeah, is a bigger, I, you know what I mean? And so people pretending that they understand that and then anything they don't understand devolving to magical thinking, that's like six steps back. And these same people will say that to you and then get on Facebook and write about all their understandings of forward thinking. And I'm like, do you? Yeah. But I, I mean, I think. You know, I think for me, uh, I've taken my religious beliefs and have certain things that I believe of that. And then also taking the science and belief in science. I think the two can coexist for me anyway. And I think I, 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 I think one of the biggest things with modern day church, if you're going to say that, or modern day religion, especially here in the United States, more specifically, and that it is altered slightly from what you know would be the ultimate thing. So if you want to believe uh, Christianity and believe that it's helping your neighbor, most of the Christians in America are not standing to that as we've seen uh, over the last past four years. Um, they never so, actually have. It's just been highlighted. Like, you know, I literally grew up in some of the worst areas you can grow up in. And I can tell you what's actually there. These same people, as poor as, as we are and were, will literally scream about God from their, you know, praise Jesus this, praise Jesus that. But like, yeah, I mean, act, so I, like, yeah, I mean, so obviously, yeah, so I mean, obviously, that is an issue overall, because as we've seen that there is not that. So I think if you do want to believe that you actually need to go through with it. And that is helping others. Don't discriminate against people like go through with it. If you're going to, if you're going to believe it, you have to go through with it fully and you can't believe, uh, you know, something that you know, someone else is uh, telling you, I guess this is not, I guess not religious related, but 
if you need a book or a person that says we don't understand God, but you're going to get up there and tell us what God means. Um, if you need a book to teach you how to not be an asshole to people, you really have other problems. Like, really. But I guess what really gets me at the core of everything has nothing to do with which type of religion, who believes what, which God, which deity, whatever, is that we literally have scientific, concrete record of our lives and people before religion was a thing, before any of them were a thing. They were literally developed for people to shower and have hygiene. And that is the actual history. Like, that is real. That is demonstrably recorded. And so anything after that is literally just, it's like no different than Homer's epics. Homer was charged with writing the epics because they wanted a lore for their land. So anything after that is just stuff we've created in our imagination. Imagine another culture a thousand years from now unearthing a Harry Potter book, a chapter of a Harry Potter book. How would you know? If there's no pictures in it, if it's just, say, a digital copy or just a manuscript, you might think it's our Bible. You might think this is the tale of some, you know, you read Shakespeare. You know, if you find any of those things, you might think you're finding the tale. You wouldn't know if you're finding a fictional book. You know, things like that. And when I look at it like that, like our goal when we create things is to make the most believable things possible. It's the reason music touches people in a part of their brain and soul that brings them together. It's the reason like some artists can sing a song and have you missing somebody that you don't even know. I mean, we consider that absolutely beautiful because what is art? You know, it's a reflection, a mirror of ourselves, society, and what we see around us. So when you have artistic, like, I cannot stand Catholicism, but the icon, like the pageantry behind it, legendary. It puts all stars to shame. <laughs> like, um, but it gets me the most is because we have this whole point of like, okay, life before religion and we know that different religions have sprung up since so how is that any different that makes it real sure take whatever tenets you have of not being an asshole to your neighbor and call it whichever religion or not religion you want sure you know call your spiritual experience whatever you want everybody has had them throughout their lives whether it was brought on by lsd or whatever you know um different religions have used to get themselves in the zone um and call it spiritual or whatever but i just think it's interesting that it's used to criticize and uh destabilize entire nations and we build entire societies around it and then they keep fucking crumbling and we can't figure out why magic right um <laughs> like it's just really fucking frustrating to me that like if the color blue didn't exist until 10 minutes from now, and I showed you the color blue, and then you and I said, oh, wow, this color blue is a symbol from the gods, but you and I got it because we mixed two colors together. We showed everybody else that, and they didn't know the recipe. Like, oh, I was shown to me in a vision. Oh my God, a vision, you know, like we have created it. Is it, does it bring joy? Does it bring calming? Does it evoke a feeling? Yes, because it's what? Art. It's essentially a piece of art that we have created. It's like a living art that is now going to permeate through society, diffuse through and bring joy and comfort, which is a good thing. These are all good things. But by titling it religion, people, because what do we do? We, we wish for the things that comfort us because we want to be comfort. We want our neighbors to be comforted. When we go through a tragedy. 
or something really something that sends us to here in our anxieties, our stresses, we want to be calmed and we want our family and friends to feel the same. So whatever thing that is, if it was the color blue that say you and I created, people would be like, oh man, come on, color blue gods. You know, it's like you literally pray to God before you go to work some days, you know, when you're like, please, Lord, let somebody not walk in here and scream at me for absolutely nothing. You've been in those positions where you just pray that it goes without a hitch. Did every Sunday when every, our church was on TV, every Sunday, I was in the AV room, every fucking week, every Sunday, I'm like, please, Lord, do not let, you know, this happen. And you know what was really awkward? The TVs where, you know, we had the TV channels because we had one that would be on the channel we were on to make sure that, you know, transitions were right. There was an infomercial every week for breast augmentation. Yeah. Talk about, I'm just like, this isn't happening. But we have to leave the damn TV on because we have to know, you know. So you just pray yeah. and doesn't walk in the room and ask you really awkward questions. And I'm like, I swear, that's the channel we're actually on. You know, like, yeah. come on. Well, so, um, that's my thoughts and issues on that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as you've right. seen, as you've seen, uh, the topic can be talked about for on and on. And um, so that was that it, we did not actually plan this conversation. Uh, we probably in the future are going to maybe, maybe have someone to talk on about religion a little bit, uh, but we'll see. Um, but as you saw, uh, the conversation uh, developed. We talked Cody's like, I don't know if I really want to put this person around Matt. <laughs> uh, for the record, several faithfully LGBT pastors do follow me on Twitter. And so my views are very, very out there. And I have no problem with what you practice at home. I don't. I think whatever makes you happy. And if it brings you peace, we could all use a little more peace in our lives. I have a problem with religious institutions teaching as facts alongside saying that that is fact and what it leads to. You can say that I don't teach that in my religion. 12-year-olds do not understand that if this is the overall religion, all the things that trickle down get into everybody. It does not matter if you do not teach people to be hateful or my God doesn't do that. I don't do this. That is cherry picking. That is absolutely what cherry picking is, whether it's for good or bad, it's both. And so when you teach that, that is my issue. That is like the core issue I have. Whoever you pray to to bring you peace and calmness, stay with it. I'm happy for you. But that stops at educating other people's children on what's fact when it's demonstrably not. And like it just blows my mind because we would never allow that for anything else. If Cody had children and I sat down and told your children how vaccines work, but I was totally wrong. And you were like, Matt, that is not right. I literally, no, that is not right. You would, you would literally tell me to stop talking. You'd be like, don't teach my children that. That's not the correct. We know that that's not correct. That's not even a theory. You're wrong. Because why? You would have evidence that I'm wrong. Same concepts. Like that is exactly how I feel about it. And that's why I'm borderline militant because our people keep getting murdered for it. Like, yeah. And, in the, in, you know, I, I think that's I, why, like, we're on this channel. <laughs> I think even uh, aside from the school point, though, even if you took that out of the school, there, 
overall, I don't know how much it would actually even change because if you're going to have that belief and you're going to teach certain things, you're probably already going to church and you're already you're already having that per se education with Sunday school or church is that education. So your private school education would just be in addition to it. So I don't know ultimately how much it would overall change oh, someone's huge, perspective. Cody, I promise just from knowing you for four years, it's, it's a difference. I was yeah, but I guess like if I didn't go to the private school and just had church, I probably would still have the same beliefs. I don't know how much the school would affect it versus what you're already being taught, I guess, it's because church and Sunday exposed. school is like a school, I guess, in, in training of a religion. It's one thing to have it one or two days a week. It's another to exist in a curriculum completely at home and school and in your private life, which, you know, church kind of church life kind of flows between your private and personal academic life, you know, like when it's kind of a little bit of everywhere. Because, you know, it is a learning experience, no matter no matter what your belief system is, church is a learning experience. And so it only affects it, I think, more as a teenager because you see it. Now, what you choose to do with it later might have turned out the same. But when you go to public school, you're exposed to all sorts of different people who have all sorts of different beliefs, which is usually the purpose of religious school so that you're not exposed to that, so that your beliefs are cemented in whatever they're you know, whatever the goal was, whatever, whatever school it is. Um, yeah. Well, okay. I can definitely take your point on that. Yes. I would agree with yeah. that. I would concur it, that uh, you're exposed to different things that you may not. Uh, me and Matt right. actually have talked about this before. Uh, there, you know, no, I wouldn't even say it's even people who are religious. Uh, people who don't go outside of their hometown have a whole different oh, uh, perspective on things. It's fucking versus exhausting. They don't. Um, but I guess we've been talking on a lot about this, but we hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, we'll leave this conversation. Uh, so, hey, guys, we want to remind everyone um, that you can keep in touch with us on all of our social media channels, um, whether that is uh, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can do all of that at the Comacast. And we definitely love to interact and hear from all of our listeners. All of this is not possible without you guys. And if you don't mind rating our podcast on iTunes or whatever your preferred podcast uh, provider is, just leave a comment. It's greatly appreciated. And thank you for joining us. See you next time. Thank you.